Is it on? It's on. Hello, Jeff. Good afternoon. Well, good doing? afternoon or good evening or good morning. Yeah. Whatever time of day it is for you. Yeah. Are you well? You well? You look well. Thanks, mate. It's good to see you. We're in uh, somewhere a little bit different today. Where Wild are Beer Company. Wild not Beer. So whether this is a chain or not? Or? It sounds like it should be a farm or something like that. It could be, uh, yeah. So well, they, well, they, they brew their own small batch beers with right. uh, different types of yeasts and things. So, so it's mainly beers, but I've managed mainly to find beers. a cider. Yeah, they've they, they got a good couple of ciders on there. That's what she was called. This is, well, this is out of a bottle. It's not quite draft, but it's, this is called Sideburns, as in the Sideburns area oh, yeah. on the side of your head. It's November, after all. It's a, m- a medium, rich, fruity and distinctive cider. Okay. And you've got? Well, mine's a bit of a mouthful. It's called Simmer Down Pucker Up. Oh. So it's a, a soury type beer um, meant to wake your mouth up, I think, oh, is okay. what it is. It's <laughs> oh, nice. Yeah, it's uh, quite like a sour beer now and again. So, cheers. Cheers, mate. Nice to see you again. First time I've seen you since weeks, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Oh, sorry. It's weird here, they, they, they have recommended serving sizes as well, because some of them are quite strong. Yeah, that's quite, you, if, I'll take a photo of it, but Jeff's got quite a small glass for a, for yeah. a beer. So they do two-thirds or thirds or halves and things like that, depending on you know, how strong it is and that kind of thing, so recommended serving sizes. I've got a rather bizarre glass as well, which I've taken a photo of. Well, it's nice to be here, back in Cheltenham. That's very nice. It's a pretty, pretty nice day, actually, considering how cold it is. It's, it's one of those nice, cold, sunny, sunny days. But yeah. Yeah. So, How, how's your week been, Jeff, so far? Busy. Very busy. Very busy. And it's good to. I actually look. I really look forward to these. You know, when I see in my calendar, I've got a day set aside for collaboration with you. It's a nice, <clears throat> nice opportunity to change gear and think about different things. And I know we're preparing for. Preparing for the future, that, yeah. uh, every now and again we'll take some time out and think about what new new ideas we've got and what might fit into the some of the training courses that we do, like the advanced classes and things. Yeah, well, that's the next big, uh, well, the next <coughs> new one, isn't it? That we're, yeah. we're, we're re- rewriting at the moment for next year, which is good, which we needed to do. Yeah, and all, I mean, all of that really stems. No matter what, Scrum isn't really, really about process, is it? It's all about well, yeah. Well, in that course, we don't teach anything about the process, do we? No. And the process is really simple, isn't it? All the complexity comes with with the people, the dynamics, the relationships, the collaboration. Yeah. And it's uh, fair to say that most problems that we get involved with these days are largely people related rather than process related. Yeah. They might they might surface in the process, but underneath they're probably more people or behaviour based problems. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the, the questions that we get asked are usually around, you know, how do we get so-and-so to turn up on time, or so-and-so is dominating the, the planning session and not letting other people speak, or... But we've all worked with those types of people. Oh, yeah. But it, even when it's uh, the daily scrum is, is lasting more than 15 minutes, it's a people thing that's driving that. Yeah, the, the actual practice itself is very similar, and mm. we should all be able to follow that. It's... But it's amazing how something to. But is it so? Is it the? Is it a personality? Is it? Is it? Do so you think that some people just don't fit with following rules? Do some people just don't fit with 
helping other people out or, or trying, to, trying to make the best of a situation for the benefit of other people? What do you think it is? I've always, I've always operated on the belief that people are good, people are decent, and we're human beings as social animals. I think we have to believe that. Yeah, and also we're, we're, we're social animals. But then I know that not everybody... You know, it's, uh, equally, I've gone on record as saying, you know, for a scrum team to be really effective, for any team to be really effective, certainly in an agile environment, they need the space to be able to collaborate noisily. You know, actually a, a, a sprint, any day at work with a, with a collaborative team, it's going to be quite noisy. It should be, yeah. But equally, in order to make some progress at times, we all need a little bit of quiet time to be able to focus and concentrate and actually just get something done. Yeah. And so it's, it is a balance, but I think there are people that really... Quite, and actually, I had had a guy recently who, who said to me, "I really don't like Scrum because I just want to focus on my stuff. I don't, I don't really want to focus on what everybody else is doing. If, I don't, if other people are working on other things, I don't really care about that because that distracts me from what I'm doing." Hmm. And I, I thought it's quite. Well, I mean, what, what, what was your instinctive response be to something like that? I can say, well, there's, there's a mixed response really. In terms of well, my, I suppose if I'm honest, my gut was, well, I don't want to work with that person. Okay. But if you look at it from, I'll try and put myself in that person's point of view, in that person's shoes. Sorry, is that there's obviously isn't there element of pride in what, or probably in terms of perfectionism in terms of what they're trying to do, that they want to do the absolute best they can, okay. and they don't believe that anyone can do it better than them. Maybe. Possibly. So there's an artistry or a kind of a, a perfectionist trait that just give me the space. Let me, or maybe it's a you know maybe it's a, a fear. Maybe it's fear that, mm. that I, if I can't possibly get this wrong, and the best chances I have of getting it right is just just let me do it. Yeah. Because yeah. I don't want to get it wrong. Yeah, I think there's and not just in this specific, particular specific situation, but these types of situations in general. There's potential for perfectionism. There's potential for fear. There's potential for arrogance and selfishness. Um, protectionism, um, all sorts of different things. And you know, when we delved, do, delved a little bit deeper into that, there was the scenario, we painted the scenario of the rest of his team are working on something that's of higher value, so higher priority in the product backlog. Yeah. The customers wanted more than the thing that he was working on. And he still would rather have focused on getting his thing done than helping the rest of the team who were struggling with a higher priority item. Really? Yeah, and we looked at that. And to be fair, he's, you know, he's, he's quite, quite open about it because uh, it's very easy to get defensive and make excuses for it. I just, I just want to get stuff done. So what, what, why do you think he wanted to get it done? Exactly, then that's, that, you know, that's the question. What, 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 what are you worried will happen if you, you don't, don't get it done. achieve your thing? Is it a personal achievement thing mm. or is it uh, a judgment thing? Is it, because some people will be thinking, well, if I don't achieve what I've committed to, then that's a judgment against my capability and I could be uh, rewarded negatively, if you like, mm. uh, as my performance is being appraised. Um, I mean, he put forward the argument, well, if I take my focus away from what I'm doing to focus on what they're doing, there's a risk that nothing gets done. So mm. I still can't do what they're doing and I now no longer complete what I was doing. Mm. And of course, yeah, that, that, there is a risk there. But the other part of that, for me, is that actually Scrum is a team game. Yeah. There's no getting away from that. Um, if you're going to do, do Scrum, then the members of that development team commit to doing whatever the team need, 
within that sprint, not whatever they need. Just to pick up on that, I agree. Is it just Scrum, right? Because even in the Agile Manifesto, it suggests that if you're going to be an Agile team, Scrum or not, we believe that the best results come from self-organizing teams. True. So if, if we generally believe it's a team game, even an organizational team game, yeah. then you've got to be prepared to work with other people. Mm. And so it's interesting, do you think, for that type of person, do you think that's a cultural thing of the organization that they've become part of, or the industry they've become a part of, or do you think some people just personally find that a challenge that I don't want to work that way? Possibly both. Uh, I don't know enough about the different, um, I'm not sure what, what the right words to use are, but uh, so things like autism, I'm not, I don't know enough about those types of... Or Asperger's. Yeah, like things like that, which, which can affect how easy we find or how social comfortable we are in social interactions. Um, I know a really good friend of mine, Sal Freudenberg, Dr. Sal yes. Freudenberg, who's an absolute expert in this area and is doing really good things in terms of raising awareness there, but I, I can't profess to know enough. But I think there are certain circumstances within the individuals that will cause people to lean a particular way and have certain anxieties uh, around that kind of thing. But also I think that the organisational culture and the team culture will play a massive part in that. You know, what kind of behaviours are rewarded and, expe- and expected mm. and lauded within an organisation? Is it about the people who get their stuff done and do as much as possible? Or is it about the people who contribute to the team? Uh, is, it, um, is it about being as good as you can possibly be uh, as an individual? Or is it about being the better team? And when, I mean, you use the you use the F word of fear. Mm-hmm. When when we are fearful, we tend to get very protectionist. Yeah, we tend well, to get very but that's defensive. a human response. You can, I don't think we'll ever. I don't think you can ever uh, eliminate that. Mm. Um, when fear, if pressure of deadlines, pressure of of, um, of workload or estimates, or whatever it might be, if it's a personal, if we feel we take it personally then our interests are to protect ourselves mm. rather than anyone else. When I'm at my most blunt, mm-hmm. which isn't very often, for those, for those people that know me, I'm not very blunt, I'm very... Diplomatic. Well, diplomatic, but also um, indecisive in many ways. <laughs> I, I, I sit on the fence quite a lot. And, yeah, you know, it, depends, it depends, and I yeah. can see the different sides of the arguments. But when I'm at my most blunt, I'm a big fan of teamwork, and, and I will quite openly and passionately say I would rather have a hole in my team than an asshole in my team as mm-hmm. Dan Jacobs once said mm-hmm. uh, and interestingly enough it seems that that's rubbed off on, on my son Cody I, I, I was away this week and he was playing a rugby match and apparently he got into a bit of trouble because one of his teammates just basically refused to join in really? playing rugby and they just stood there just stood there and the whole uh, didn't move on the pitch on the pitch yeah. didn't move right. the game. and uh, in the last minute the, the, the scores were level and Cody was running forward to, to score the winning try apparently mm. and his teammate just stood in front of him and didn't move and so stopped the scoring and Cody, no Cody got quite angry and said I'd rather have one less player on the pitch than, than oh, he, did, he didn't use the asshole words no he didn't swear <laughs> thankfully he didn't swear <laughs> you brought but, him up uh, well Jeff yeah, he did say I'd rather have one less person on my team than, you, than have than someone who's actively not contributing mm. and actually reducing the, the productivity of the team but we see it all the time in terms of when a dis- I'm not going to say the word dysfunctional person because that sounds awful, but when there's, um, in many cases, when one less person disappears from the team, I've seen it so many situations that 
either velocity stays the same mm. in terms of the team just kind of muddle through and get on with mm. it, or in some cases, the velocity might even improve mm. as a result of a maybe a slightly more abrasive person mm. not being there. And the rest of the team stepping up. Exactly, and they kind of feel that, that sense of relief and, and that sense of that formality has dropped slightly yeah. where they can be more themselves and they can interact maybe a bit more, a bit more... Um, Bit more freely, but bit more from a, more relaxing. But it's it's surprising how sometimes just <coughs> it could be a holiday. You know, someone takes a long holiday, and all of a sudden the team feels the sense of freedom that they, that they didn't have mm. to just to be more natural, which mm. has it has results in terms of their productivity as well. Well, cynicism and, and negativity are very contagious. Mm. Uh, even. Even oh, though yeah, and most people and it's, would. It's draining, isn't it? In terms of if you've got someone on the team who just doesn't want to play, mm. it's exhausting. Because, mm. I, 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 as you know, I do a bit of rugby coaching, so similar to a bit younger from obviously what um, your son's doing. But as a coach, if I'm spending all my time with the, the kids that don't want to play yeah. or the, the, the kids that are playing up or mm. whatever it might be, but that's exhausting for me. But it's also the other kids aren't getting the most out of my time either. Yeah. So take a slightly different thread on this. So we were talking about this kind of scenario as a, as a, as a broader topic with other people, uh, as well as that individual who said they're not that keen on being a member of the team. Um, I said, well, if, if a member of the team is failing, then I would see that as a, as a sign of failure on the rest of the team for mm. not helping that person. And so mm. to come back to, to Cody's teammate, um, he's obviously got his reasons for, for effectively stepping out and, and, and not joining in. And his needs aren't being met in some way. Uh, he's, he's not feeling appreciated or recognised or safe to join in. And so the rest of the team perhaps could, could work towards that. But there, there is a limit at which point the, the rest of the team thinks, you know what, yeah. we've given this person we've, enough yeah, chance. We've bent yeah, to a degree. You've got to meet us halfway. You, yeah, you've got to meet us halfway. And you know, there's, there's no getting away from the fact that there is an expectation that in, a, in an agile team, we are expecting people to be team members, yeah. not individuals. Forget the forget the theory. Forget the you know a team is better than the sum of its parts and all that mm. stuff. Genuine, the actual the, the the philosophy is built on the concept of putting your needs below the rest of the team. Yeah. But do you think some people are just being? Do you think this is going to be a, a slightly controversial statement? Are some people just or deliberately awkward? Do they do they do people just want to sub? Their natural tendency is to subvert process and, and conformity and teamwork. Not without a reason. I believe that that, that, act, that action is to achieve a purpose for them. Uh, it's a sign of rebellion, perhaps. It's a sign of exerting their authority or autonomy in a, in a situation where they feel otherwise powerless. It's, it's their way. Uh, it's like a kid throwing a tantrum, isn't it? That they know that by doing this, they will get a response. So they it are in control attention. of the situation. Yeah. Um, now I, I don't mean that if you, you don't want to be a member of an agile team then you're an immature toddler <laughs> that's not what I'm suggesting no. but it's, 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 it's an analogy of exerting some autonomy over a situation autonomy is a big thing for people mm. uh, so if we, can, if we can work out what their needs are how they're not being met and bring them into the team with those needs being met fantastic but I think they're I, well I've seen I've seen some situations where, you know, no matter what we do, 
that person will never be a functioning member of that team. No. My my gut tells me that's because either it's a history thing, so there's a, there's some history there that just can't be overcome. Too many arguments, too many run-ins, too many conflicts in the past that haven't been resolved, mm. or it's just a chemistry thing. In that, it's just some people just don't get along. You know, it's, it's just life, right? And we might have come as I'm taking that a stage further with people with the people that we work with as coaches, and we might have asked this question before in a previous <coughs> previous podcast, but. Do you think there gets to a point where some people, if that history is there and that that baggage is there, mm. that they can't they can't be coached through it? Do you think some people are uncoachable in that no. respect? No, I don't think they're uncoachable. But you can only coach somebody if they want to be. They, yeah, you yeah. can only coach through permission. So um, again, this is another dangerous analogy. But a lot of my work with teams is is not that dissimilar to family therapy. No. It's mediation, it's, mm. you know, um, and, and helping people look at a problem together rather than look at themselves at the other sides of the table, on the other side of an argument. And if people are willing to do that, if, there's, if, they, if they can see the value in that. In fact, I was, I was asked at a meetup group recently that I attended, someone stopped me and asked me about, there's some conflict going on between two members of the team, how do you deal with it? Uh, and my first question was, is there a problem? And he said, yeah, yeah I think there is a problem, because yeah, meetings aren't very productive. Right. The team aren't very productive. I th- the atmosphere is not very nice. And I said, "Do they think there's a problem?" Okay. Because if those two people don't think there's a problem, they won't solve it. No. Uh, and if they if they think there's a problem, do they see any value in resolving that problem again? Because if they don't, they won't. No. So if you paint the picture of, or they can paint a picture of a highly functioning team where that relationship is a positive, mutually beneficial one, respectful then they've got something together to work towards. Mm. And until they've got that, they can't. <laughs> and so as a coach, all you can do really is ask them, work out, ask them to work and analyze whether this is something that they see is worth addressing. Uh, and if they can agree on that, then they've got a common goal. Mm. You can coach them towards. Mm. But until that, no. I have had, in my travels, I've had probably two, three people this is out of a lot of people that have yeah. come up to me and said, or it's worked out in such a way, uh, and they just knocked my drink over the, off the table there, ladies and gentlemen. Um, no, but it's come out in a certain way that some people have come to me and said, you know what, I'm, this scrum thing isn't for me. Mm. And for, I mean, fair play to them for saying that, yeah. admitting that, you know, I, I generally, I prefer to work much more by myself. Mm-hmm. I can't deal with the whole commitment to other people type of thing. And I think it's, I'd say it's a small minority of, of people that I work with. And in some cases, it was just that that particular, what the process was asking of them wasn't their natural thing to do. But I mean, I, 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 again, I may be wrong. I'm, I'm always open to the fact that I might be wrong. My personal belief in those situations is that those individuals just haven't found the right team to be part of. Yeah, but yeah. So then do you respect that or do you try and convince them to stay? Do you, what? Because my, my gut was, okay, let's find you somewhere else to be. Let's yeah. find you something else to do. I think it's probably the, the more humane thing to do. Yeah, rather um, than torture them. If I was, you know, part of the, if I was running the organisation, if, my, if, my, if, you know, if it was my money that was being burned, would I want that person as part of a, a non-functional team? Well, if I get some delivery, I could be tempted to say, you know, you're employed, man up, suck it yeah. up, you don't have to enjoy your job, 
you're here to do a job. <laughs> I could see that argument, yeah. but equally, I could think, well, do you know what? It's probably better to have that person have a passion for something else mm. and fill that space within the team with somebody who fits better. Mm. Um, and the, I get quite a few people from, from HR departments or recruitment departments within organizations saying that whereas they used to, they used to focus a lot more on technical skill when hiring people into mm. a team, now, because of the, such the high pressures on being a, a collaborative team member, their number one priority is, can they get on with people? Can mm. they be a good team member? Because it's easier and cheaper for them to train the technical skills exactly, than it is for the soft skills, yeah. to train the soft skills. But I, I do think that, that there is, and let's go back to this, this individual that we started this conversation about. I don't know him very well. But he gave me the impression that he's someone that's taken a lot of pride in developing mm. his individual skill set and being an expert in his area. And actually working with people who aren't as expert is very frustrating for him. It slows him down. If he was in another team of experts, that might be a very different dynamic. What if he was in a team where he was the least mm. qualified player? How would that affect his view of teamwork? Mm. And a lot of people will, will actually shy away not just from um, being a team member, but also looking at being dependent on other people. They feel having a dependency on somebody else is a sign of weakness. Mm. Um, and so actually tackling that is something that we look at, not just with Agile teams, but on a personal level, a leadership level. It can often lead to burnout. If you, don't, if you just want to do everything on yourself and you can't accept help or look for help, then it's a great way to increase, you know, increase your chances of burnout and mm. ill health. I think humility is, is a skill that, is it a skill or a trait or an attribute? It's something that, I suppose it's what I, if, if you expect to, if you, you feel you have that quality yourself, you expect to see it in others. Mm. So, and I think I really value that in terms of people that are willing to say, you know what, I may be the expert in this, but I'm still willing to slow down and help someone else learn what I'm doing mm. or, or to accept the fact, I might learn something from the fact that you mm. don't know anything about this because you might be able to tell me something I don't know. And software... I hate to label too many scrum teams as software teams, but the majority of them are. That's a great industry to be able to, to, to accept the fact that, because tomorrow there will be a different way to do what you've done today, mm. largely in technology. So unless you're willing to accept that software is going to change and how you do this now will be different to how you could do it tomorrow, then you're going to struggle in, in, a, in a software scrum team, I think, because there's, there's far too many ideas and you want that, that diverse opinion before you decide what you want to do. That's well, a healthy thing. I think it is. I think actually the, the picture you described there is quite interesting. It's opened up a new line of thought for me, which is if you start off with that view that, for whatever reason, if you get into that, that train of thought of I don't want to I don't want to learn I, you know I know what I'm doing I don't want to, to slow myself down but then you're becoming slightly ever so slightly obsolete mm. because you're not open you're not learning you're not changing there will come a time pretty quickly and probably before you know it where actually you do feel vulnerable yeah. because you haven't kept yourself open and that will lead to a further entrenched view of defensive view if I don't want to share because now I'm actually going to expose the fact that I haven't been keeping up yeah and it becomes harder and harder to start that process and we, and we worked in BT we, we, do, we do talk about the BT days a lot but I can remember being on daily scrums where 
people would talk at length on everything that they, they'd done that yeah. wasn't anything to do with what we needed to hear about. Mm. And that's that kind of, I think a little bit what you're saying, that people are starting to grow this a little bit defensive about the fact maybe I'm not keeping up, maybe I'm not, you know, as fresh as I need to be with these new ideas that I'm just trying to cover my tracks slightly and hope that nobody notices. And that happens all the time. Now, technically, that is a process thing. And we started by saying most of what Scrum Master or anything... But, it's, but underneath it, it's a human behaviour that's, that's, that's showing through. There that. is. There is, absolutely, yeah. It's, a, it's an insecurity thing and it's a, perhaps even, even a showy-offy thing. But um, there is a, you do have an element of process there and you can say, oh, well, let's just keep this. And I can imagine how, again, going back to this guy that, that I've got in my mind, you know, the Daily Scrum was just, he hated it. Because Why, he, not only did he have to listen to people that he didn't really care about, yeah. but he felt that the, the, the work they were working on and the stuff they were talking Nothing about was, yeah, it wasn't really relevant. And if that, if that is the case, even in a team, now my, my instant reaction is, well, you're not, you're not a team. Yeah. If you don't care what's going on with your teammates, you're not a team. Mm. Um, but even if you are, and, and those BT examples that you're giving, people are just waffling and just sort of trying to show off as about how much they know and how much they've done, mm. then they're not using the meeting to its for its purpose, which actually turns people off and actually reduces the team mm. teamwork. So then we can step in and say, well, process-wise, let's let's keep it to point, let's keep it to time, let's keep it to focus. Uh, but yeah, you're absolutely right. There is still there is still a huge people element underpinning. Do you think that. there's some fairly easy things that we could suggest team members? I'm talking about team members do. Yeah. Team members in scrum teams. If I just did these basic things, then I might not be too. You know, I might be on the way to becoming a little bit of a better team member. <laughs> um, you've you phrased that in a very positive way, <laughs> which is which is good. I like that. Um, and I'm laughing because. That, um, when, I, when I'm talking to teams about starting up, we talk about how you know you could structure a team and you could you could you could do you could look at the the skills that you've got, you could look at the the personality traits that you've got, yeah. you could do diagnostics, you could do Myers Briggs, you could do DISC, and you can make sure you've got the right balance. You could look at experience. Yeah. But basically, all of it boils down to just don't be a dick. <laughs> just don't just, be a knob. Yeah, just be a decent be a nice human person. being. Treat people as you would like them to treat you, kind of thing. That's what I was told when I was at school. Exactly. Treat, do as you want to be done by. Yeah. Say, yeah. And I think that that is the number one rule of being a good team member. And that kind of transcends all different types of industries, whether it's software or not, really. Yeah, the idea it could be just, something as simple as you know, you get you get a cup of coffee from the coffee uh, pot, and it's empty. Here you get the last cup. You don't leave it. You don't leave it empty. <laughs> you fill it up. You don't be a dick. You know, but that's yeah, yeah. But I'm not in a very negative way of looking at it. But, <laughs> but uh, yeah, if we just try and what could I do today that would be, that would be nice, a nice thing to do? It doesn't have to be treating people. No, no, no. It doesn't have to be you know, bribing them with money. Mm. But it could be, you know, you know, I uh, I don't know. I tidy up after myself. You know, I tidy up after myself or something that yeah, the team uses like that, something on the, the scrum board or something like that that. You know, I just tidy things up, or I, you know, maybe I'll do something with someone else that. You find you find something you find a little hole in in one of the bits of code that your teammates written, and you just fix it. Yeah. And you tell them. You say you don't have to say I did this because you didn't do it. Yeah. It's just a case. All right, I got that for you. I got yeah. you back there. Yeah. Um, and it's I just I don't know. I think it's quite. On the one hand, it's really really simple. Yeah. Uh, but it's. It's something that, that a lot of teams don't talk about. That might repair 
it sounds very simple, but it might repair a lot of what seems like complex dysfunction. Mm. It might just be what a general thing that teams could do quite easily that might just help help a little bit more. I like okay, that. so I'll, I'll, I'll throw a slightly more positive spin on this because it's very easy to to um, to start a negative cycle in that. So you don't fill the coffee pot up. I'm annoyed with you. Yeah. But I don't really want to have a conversation because it's just the coffee pot. I don't want to be. I don't want to be a dick and make a make a big drama out of that and pull you to task on it. But instead, I'll just I'll just be a little bit passive aggressive with you. Maybe, <laughs> maybe I'll eat your sandwich and I won't tell you <laughs> something. Maybe I'll just let you. You know, I'll I'll, I'll tip some some cider in your, your your pot plant on your desk instead of water and kill oh. it. Just, maybe just something just to get my own back. And a lot of that little um, that negative spiral can start quite easily without anything really intended in the first place mm. so I might, I might have been in such a rush I didn't even notice it's very hard to notice that you've entered the coffee pot but maybe mm. I didn't even notice that I've entered mm. the coffee pot uh, or there's just a bit left but not enough for, for one cup and I just thought there would be. so no bad intention there mm. it's very easy for me if I'm the next person to come along and see there's no coffee in the pot think oh he's a dick yeah. think the worst of the situation mm. so as well as don't be a dick Give your teammate the benefit of the doubt. Mm. I think would be the two things. Mm. Assume they're not malevolent. Mm. I like that. Reminds me of being in a student house. Yeah, that's a that's a really good analogy actually. Because you, it's gonna you're not all gonna get on all the time, but you might get on a bit better if if you're going to the supermarket, you buy a, bo- a bottle of milk for someone else that you maybe you finished the milk yep. someone else's milk but I bought you another one today instead it's developing your customs and expectations isn't it if I go to the bar now for a drink for me yeah. I would automatically say do you want a drink Paul exactly yeah alright um, if I didn't can I get you anything yeah. yeah yeah. you go and get a cup of coffee and someone else would say well you offer them one this is just general human courtesy isn't it and I, but the student house is interesting because most of those people are kind of living away from home for the first time and they haven't developed those a lot of those yeah, in habits. your first year, you know, and you haven't, you don't really trust anyone completely yet. Yeah. So you have to look after your own belongings. I'm trying to think of some examples of things like that. There was, I remember someone eating my food out of the fridge, which which was infuriating at the time. Yeah. Um, but you soon develop the relationships with people whereby you go shopping together, or you, you know you share. You might buy something that you share mm. as a as a house, mm. um, and we don't buy a massive bag of pasta which obviously most students live off pasta. Mm. But the idea is we don't really monitor who's taken exactly how many pieces of pasta out no. of the bag. That mm. type of thing. Hmm. But you see, it's kind of learning through failure, isn't it? I, I imagine when, when you were a student and someone ate your sandwich, your, I, I imagine your first response wasn't, I'm sure he didn't really mean to piss me off. I'm sure he absolutely <laughs> needed that. And if you'd have asked me, I'd have well, said yes people, anyway. People that came in drunk late at night, where they, they'd open the fridge and ignore all the labels on the food, because you used to label everything. And I'd, I bought a whole, I remember what it was, it was like a pack of this beautifully wafer-thin ham, which was expensive for me as a student. And someone had literally came in from the pub and demolished the whole thing. Yeah, but I, I, I bet your first reaction wasn't, I'm sure they needed that. <laughs> if, it, if they'd have asked me if they could have had it, I would have said yes anyway. Yes. So there's no point in me getting angry about it. Yeah. But I will still make clear how that impacted me and yeah. how I don't actually find that acceptable. Could you mm. ask me next time? But if actually a lot of people thinking that situation, take the coffee pot example. If someone is in a real rush and they said to you oh, quite openly, I haven't got time to fill the coffee pot up. Sorry, I yeah. know I should, but I've really got a rush. Mm. Most people in the team would say, that's all right. That's all right, I've got this for you. 
but because they haven't had that conversation they assume the worst mm. and it's very yes it's very, I, I get it's very easy for people to take advantage of that some people might mm. and it's the social life thing and all that kind of stuff but um, I don't, maybe, the, maybe those are the two rules then. don't be a dick and, and think positively of your teammate mm. like is there anything it. else? that's no, good I like that nice summary and on that note I'm going to the bar. Do you want another drink? <laughs> oh, very kind of you, Jeff. Thank you. Thank you so much for asking. You're welcome. I will do. Thanks, mate. Well, yes, um, that's probably it for today. Uh, yeah, so um, thank you very much, Jeff. It's lo- lovely to see you. Um, I know, obviously, if you've got any questions or anything, or any uh, just general, let's, 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 let's put a challenge out there. Yeah, if you've yeah. done something nice for someone in your team, or someone in your team did something nice for you, can you tweet us and tell us about it? So it's at the Agile Podcast, and just tell us very briefly what it was, and uh, we'll retweet it because I think more of those little um, helping helping hands for, for teams would be would be a good thing. Good idea. All right. Cheers, everybody. Thanks, mate. Cheers, mate. Ta-da.